Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's the crack? Hey. Great day for the washing. I'm going on the piss this weekend. I'd murder a bag of cans. Happy house. No harm, no foul. Are you a doorboard or are you a ladyboard? Only a little doorboard. The bleeding hackier. Bleeding statey. A bleeding reef, yeah. Fall and break your legs, don't come running to me. What a gee bag. You must be fibbing. <laughs> Irish stop. How you're pushed. Top of the morning to you. How's it going? What's the story? This is Tis Yourself and Tis Myself and Nicola Barden. And this is yet another episode of the podcast. And I just love you. If you have pressed play and you are listening to this, I just have to say I love you. If you are listening in Ireland, congratulations. We get to leave the 5K and we are now able to go inside our county. Hey, I'm taking these small positives as much as I can, okay? And just going anywhere that is not in my five kilometre seems exciting because most of my five kilometre walks end up with me ending in Tesco or Aldi. So if I can go somewhere else that maybe I won't go there. Maybe I'll end up in Little. Who knows? So I, I'm just delighted. I hope it's obviously amazing for people who are in like the cor- the Corks, the Kerrys, the Galways, because your counties are so effing big. So you get to go so many gorgeous places. I imagine going to West Cork right now. Oh, so jealous. <laughs> and if you're listening in the UK, I am in so no way jealous. The fact that you're probably nursing a hangover or you're listening to this as you get ready to go to the beer garden or you're going to the gym or whatever. I'm not jealous and I don't hate you, I swear. I think you're grand. I disclaimer, I totally hate you. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just not fair. It's just not fair. No, no, listen, enjoy. And I'm just glad that you're here spending a little bit of your time with myself. I have to say they've got a great reaction to the last interview, which was with singer Matt Cardle. And I have to give props and major kudos to his fan club. They were sharing, retweeting, sending me messages about how much they enjoyed it and it blew me away like I was just like whoa I, you know thanks you so much and like they were really good sharing it all over Twitter so thank you thank you thank you in case any of them stuck around I really really I'm just yeah I'm grateful so grateful and I know that my next guest has a major fan base so can they do one better than Mac Hurdles let's see my next guest is Connor Donahue and you will know him from the band Wild Youth but you may not know that he is also a songwriter for other artists Yes, so he obviously writes the songs for Wild Youth, but he also writes for other people. He's he's got his own contract where he gets to write for other artists, but he's, you know, he's quite modest. He's not bragging about it. He's not going around going, guess what I wrote? I would be. (laughs) I would be waiting to see what you thought of it. And then I'd be like, I wrote that, hon. That was me. But I don't think my friends have to worry about that any time soon because I can't even read a book at the moment. So uh, there's definitely no chance of me writing any songs. You've nothing to worry about, Connor, hon. I can tell you that. If you don't know Connor and the band in Wild Youth, you, we probably do and you just actually maybe don't know the name of the band. They have, you know, play their songs are Can't Move On, Next to You, their, you know, newest song, Champagne Butterflies. They have an EP out called Forever Girl. They're played on all the big radio stations. So I'm guessing that when you hear it, you're going to go, oh, yeah. And I'm not going to sing it because I'll leave that talent to the likes of Connor. <laughs> I can't be. No, he's so multi-talented. He plays keyboard. He sings. He writes songs. I talk into a microphone in my bedroom on a Wednesday evening. So, you know, who's the skillful one here now? <laughs> let's let the talent take over and let's go to Connor and I will be back with you after this little chat. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Oh, you're outside. I'm so jealous. My Wi-Fi does not stretch that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in London. Uh, I just got back on, so I'm kind of in quarantine here uh, and just getting some fresh air at my balcony. 
Oh man, so you got to quarantine for how long? For two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd say you're loving that. <laughs> I know. It's a crazy time. I just can't wait for it all to be over. Uh, how are you? Good. Well, I'm I'm happy out with the sunshine. It, it seems to be a little bit more sunnier in London, but it God, it makes is. a difference, doesn't it? it? Makes such a difference. It's crazy. Well, come here. I'm so glad you had the time to do this. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank are you, you for just having like, me. Are you just like, listen, I'll talk to anyone while I'm in this quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm never like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, but of course, I'm delighted to do it. The podcast is basically like we start off really, it's kind of just basically a chat. But what I'll usually, I usually do is just start off by kind of asking the person what they're best known for. But obviously with you, you're known for being the writer, obviously, for a songwriter for Wild Youth. I am. And, uh, how long are the band together now? I'm thinking about this the other day. I think it's um, four years now, maybe. Four. Yes, yeah, since our first kind of song. Yeah, yeah, four years now. Jamie, Mac, when you're look, looking back to when like you guys, when you and David were setting this up and just kind of being like school kids and going, this is what we want to do. And then to think in the space of four years, what has happened to you? I know it's, um, yeah, it's not, to be honest, like sometimes I, I think about it a lot. It's like, uh, I sometimes put pressure on myself to always try and kind of hit these like targets and do these different things. And sometimes it's so important to, uh, to just kind of reflect a little bit as well and look back and at things that you've done and be very appreciative of the things that you've done, you know. I think what you're saying there, like, is what people are probably would really relate to no matter what job they're in now, because when we have had the last year to kind of think about our lives, we're like, why haven't I done this? Why haven't I done that? I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And we put so much pressure on ourselves for no reason. All the time. All the time. I'm, I've spent a lot of time like, kind of really trying to delve into this even more and talking to people about it. It's like when you, when you put that pressure on yourselves, on yourself, it's like so many great things kind of pass you by or things that have happened, like kind of pass by without you appreciating them. And you're like, I wish I appreciated that more, but I was so not in the moment that I was looking at something else. Or I, it's like, you know, I'm like, I wish I'd just been more present at that time, you know? Yeah, like you're there, you know, your song does really well and you're like, this is brilliant. But you're also thinking, well, then I hope the next song does well. And you're 12 songs ahead of yourself nearly. Exactly. I'm like, I'm worried about the fourth and fifth song after that, as opposed to just being in the moment and going, this is so cool. Our song's on the radio and we're getting to do a show on the Olympia. You know, and I suppose in a way, I think social media has kind of brought us into that world a little bit, you know, more than ever, because you're so involved in that. Everyone's life really day to day, aren't you? Like if you want to see what Justin Bieber's life is like, you just go onto his Instagram, you see his posts throughout the day and you, you see what his house looks like. Mm-hmm. You see what his clothes he's wearing. You get to see um, you get to see everything, I suppose. So it, uh, it's very hard for people. Whereas before, no one had that. So you just kind of lived in your own life and that was all that you had to worry about you know yeah like i remember bebo coming out and being like this is so exciting but like that was so innocent in comparison to where we are now where i know i know like i can be like oh connor last week you were at blah 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 just by your instagram and that's yeah it's insane yeah 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 i know it's crazy thing but um yeah i suppose just trying to get better at being being super present now and just enjoying everything that i can do you have someone in particular that you compare yourself to or is it just like your own personal mind? You're like, I should be doing better than I should be going higher. Uh, no, I don't really have anyone that I compare with, like no one in particular, but I've got like quite an overactive mind um, anyway. So it's like, it's something I've kind of, I've always struggled with, I think. And it's not even like, it's not even looking at people necessarily. It's like, I should just be doing this. If I've written four songs one week, I'm like, why didn't I write seven? You know, why didn't I, uh, why didn't I do 10 songs? You know, if we do like, you know, why isn't, I just have this constant pressure on myself, which is good in one way, because I think it makes me work really, really hard. But then also it's just sometimes overbearing just where you're like, I wish I could just have a day where I didn't question myself or question everything that I do. But yeah, I suppose everyone has their challenges in life, you know? It's all about how we deal with them. Do you get guilt from when you have days off? Like when you are, you know, you get a day off and you're meant to be, you know, do life admin or you're just chilling. Do you get guilt? Because I get that all the time. Like if I'm lying in bed till 10 o'clock, I'm like, get up. Yeah, 100%. It just doesn't really happen for me. Yeah. No, it never really happens. I always find something. I'm like... (laughs) 
you know, I've like honestly, I've even like gone for drinks and stuff with friends before, and I'll be like, I could go into like the bathroom and I'll start listening to demos and listening back to songs, even for like 15 minutes, and then I'll go back and join people again. I'll be texting like the producer, being like, I think we could do this on the course. They're like, it's Saturday night, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> so was it like this for, from the start? Like think back to when yourself and David kind of, you know, you're in school and you're thinking we're both mad into music. We're both really good mates. Was the pressure on from the start or did you kind of take it easy for a while? No, I've had this honestly since I was a kid. Um, yeah, kind of in every walk of life, I think. Uh it's just kind of the way I've always been and the way I was built, I suppose. Mm. I can't really change it. So it's just about how you deal. You, you learn to like to live with it, you know? Yeah. Would it involve, like, I find I overthink a lot. And would that be kind of something that you would experience as well with the kind of having to be doing stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually really interesting because I was talking to a guy, a professional over in London, like who kind of deals with all that. And... I remember I spoke, I was just like speaking to him one day and I was like, it's just so draining. And I was like, it just doesn't kind of stop. And it was so interesting. So I obviously have like ADD and all that kind of stuff, which I've always had through school. But he said like, with that brings like an overactive mind, which I never thought, I thought ADD was just the reason why I was fidgety all the time or why I was like, you know, uh, couldn't kind of sit still, but he's like, it works in your head too. So, uh, it was so interesting there because he was talking about um, he was talking about like when if we're let's say doing tours or and it would have been the case we'd do like shows and shows and shows and then I'd go to like the studio the next day and I'd be like I'd be in the studio then until we had another show and I was like constantly doing stuff to like occupy my mind and stay busy all the time but he said when you go into like a global pandemic you really like you have to face it because your shows are gone and your studio time is gone. He said, but that spinning wheel that's going on in your head, he's like, it doesn't stop. So then he's like, what happens is you then go to another place where it doesn't have positive things to think about. So it starts going deeper in and starts going into like a negative place, which then can start bringing along all these kind of negative thoughts. And I thought it was a really interesting thing. Um, Cause I never thought about it like that. That is really interesting because I often wonder where the overthinking comes from. Like if I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, that it's like the thought is waiting for me to to open my like eyes slightly. It's like, boom, okay, let's think about everything that's happened. Yeah, but that's what he said. He said it's like a wheel in your head that just keeps spinning. And what you can do is you can you can distract that by do, having things to do all the time or like, and I always found I was like that from like an early age where I'd be like, okay, girl, I'll wake up. I go for a run. Then after my run, I go. I'll have my lunch at twelve, twelve to one, and then I'll try and meet that person for a coffee. And then I go to the studio from three till seven, and then I'll come back and I'll have my dinner. And then after my dinner, I'll tell I'll call that person. And I'd literally I'd map out my day step by step until the end of the day where I didn't have a minute free, kind of by myself, because that would be like the time where I would almost allow those things to happen. Um. And yeah, I don't know. It was, it was. I thought it was super interesting. And how do you find it now, kind of, when you ha- have time on your own? Uh, I just try not have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard in a pandemic, isn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. But no, I live with one of my friends, so I hang out a lot. You're like, don't even go to the bathroom, mate. I need you to hang out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to Tesco, get dinner. I'm like, I'll come with you. <laughs> It is something, though, I think a lot of people struggle with. And maybe people who didn't have it before a pandemic are probably having it now, kind of going more, so much time on their hands and they used to race around like you did. And then they're like, how do I suddenly? Of course. Of course. Now you're left alone with all this time and all these like thoughts. Mm. And I think for the first time ever, a lot of people realize that they probably do have these things that go on, you know? Yeah, I think... It's just about learning to live with them and just kind of coming to terms with them. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways and uh, different exercises that can try help. How do you um, how do you be a band in a lockdown? Because you guys are obviously wanting to get music out. And I know you did have music out throughout the pandemic, but like, how do you not be in each other's pockets and writing songs over Zoom and stuff like that? It's been weird for sure. But yeah, I've done... We were uh, 
in a way kind of lucky because we actually had written and recorded all of our new music just before it all kind of kicked off. Mm. So we kind of had all our new music done and recorded. And then what it meant was it just kind of meant that finishing the music was done over Zoom. So I kind of spent a lot of time like on Zooms finishing the songs um, and, you know, getting them all ready and like on the phone to producers and different things. And uh, which is definitely trickier and a lot more time consuming as opposed to being like, I don't know if, if you'll know, but like, let's say if I'm in the, um, if there's something I want changed in like the mix, mm-hmm. if I'm in the room with the person, which would normally happen or like with the producer, and I'm like, oh wait, can we just change this or change that? And he'll do it. And I'll be like, oh no, wait, actually I was wrong. It doesn't work. Let's yeah. go back to the way it was. Whereas when it's on Zoom, it's like, I have to go, can we change that? Then they bounce it, <laughs> send it over. And then I listen, I'm like, oh no, wait, I'm really sorry. Can we go back to the way it was? And they're like, oh God. So it's like, things are just a lot more, there's a lot more pressure to make sure that your decisions are thought out and that they're right. Um, because yeah, you don't want people getting annoyed with you or getting frustrated. A lot less spontaneity kind of in a way. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but it was okay. Uh, and then riding over zoom, I've kind of just kept a very close riding circle of different people I write with that I know very well. And that, I'm super comfortable with because I can be awkward at the best of times. So like when, uh, when things are over zoom, sometimes it's even worse, but yeah, just little crews of people that I write with that I like, I'm super comfortable with and I've kind of done zoom sessions with them. And I've actually, um, you know, I've done some of my best writing, I think, which is strange, but yeah, I've had some really exciting things. And obviously because I'd had all the wild youth stuff, it's kind of allowed me to write for other people and like so many different genres and everything. So it's, uh, that's kind of been fun and I've enjoyed that. So yeah, I think this year will be exciting. I've got like different cuts and songs coming out with different artists and, you know, that's kind of a totally, well, new ish thing for me, which is, uh, which is exciting. And are these all the stuff that you have to say? I can't say now, but I can say in the future and this kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I have to be one of those people, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn you. I was like, where is this? Who is this Bono? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I've been very lucky. So it's kind of like, yeah, I've been able to do some cool things like that. And obviously it's like, it's a horrifically hard and tough time, I think, for everyone. It's no one not suffering in some way, I think. And I also think that's hard too, because it's like, I think people have lost, not totally lost it, but I think in a way people have lost their compassion for others kind of in some ways, because they're like, if you ring someone, you're like, I'm sounding really bad day. They're like, oh yeah, I know. Well, so am I. And you're like, okay. You know, like that kind yes. of, whereas you, there might be certain people um, I find you know, you could be doing your thing and like a friend could ring me and go, oh, I've just had the worst end. I'm like, oh no, are you okay? You know, like, do you want to, let's let's spend an hour talking about you and how we can, and I'm like, but now I think everyone's kind of like, well, I, I mean, I don't have the answers because I'm looking for them myself because I feel like shit, you know? I've had a really tough week and I don't, I don't have the answers to your problems because I, I don't know them myself. So in a way, kind of compassion has just kind of gone a little bit. And you kind of feel guilty because you're like, I should be here for you, but you're but like, your problem is a problem that I'm also experiencing. Yeah, exactly. And there's no answer yeah. because like, we're still, st- the, the country is staying the same. So we can't say, oh, and you know, it's going to be okay. We have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, don't worry in a month, everything's going to get better. It's not like no one knows and no one has the answers. Like, yeah. And so I just think it's been, I think overall it's been an incredibly difficult time and a hard time for everyone. And yeah, I think the sooner it's over, the better. (laughs) Oh yes. Oh God. Yes. It's been very challenging for your industry, for the music industry. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, not just here in Ireland, everywhere. And we see everyone coming up with any kind of ideas to try and get it back, you know, bubbles at concerts and all this kind of stuff. And, like, what do you imagine it's going to look like when it does come back? I think it just has to go back to normal. Mm. I don't know. I really, really don't know. But I would imagine it just has to, like, it has to be a case where everyone is just vaccinated and has to try and go back to normal. 
let's hope that that works because if that doesn't I don't know if there is an industry anymore really because I, I just don't know how you, like I love all the ideas and the hope and the positivity behind like doing a concert and being like in bubbles and all this but like that it's just how can you go from what we knew once was like kind of concerts or live shows to that and trying to pretend like it would ever be the same or ever be okay yeah and the thing you is know? like Obviously, you're a performer, so you've been on a stage. I've just been and I've just been in the audience. And for me, I've been to gigs around the world. But Ireland, we go hard. We just really we jump. We get involved. We're like singing. I don't want to be behind a mask singing a song. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I t- to be honest, I like the mask would be the least of my worries. I, I wouldn't really mind the mask if it meant that everyone could be in the room and like kind of there. And that's the I suppose the beauty of the concert. You know, it's like the the energy you feel in the room. And, everyone there like the power that that has and how much that affects the band and how the band perform and because like no matter what we've done certain things with like live stream gigs and I notice our performance is just kind of not the same and like we still give 100% Hmm. but there's that extra 25% that we have that only our fans can bring out in us you know yeah um it's probably even higher to be honest a higher percentage for the site that when you go and you see those people that make the efforts come to your shows and buy your tickets and the same familiar faces and you kind of want to give it more for them all the time so even like there's days where you feel tired or you feel down or you feel whatever when you see them it's just like everything changes You free, everything goes out the window and it's like okay I'm here now and I'm going to give 120% and that's just you kind of miss that you know and that's like live stream shows it's very hard to bring that, you know. Yeah, like I, I've watched a few of them. Like I watched Dermot Kennedy. I watched like Niall Horn. I've watched people on Instagram, like you know, let's say Chris Martin, and you know, loads of people because obviously everyone was doing it. And this, it, no matter what, they're singing to a camera. It's not the same as singing to thousands of people who are singing back your words or who are like screaming every time you wave in their direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I always say it as well, you know as much as performers and artists say that they don't love it, they love admiration and they love, we all have a little bit of an ego in, in us somewhere <laughs> that, uh, that totally buzzes off that and feeds off that, you know? And yeah, when I, like this, like no matter what, cause like even when we've done it before and you can get into a song and you're like having a great time playing that song and you're like this, but then the song stops and you're like, it's just an empty room and you're like, oh. everything becomes very real. You're like, I'm dancing around an empty room here. I look stupid. Um, <laughs> but, you're like, stop, stop looking at me. Cause if there's yeah, thousands yeah, of people like, there, you don't care. But if it's just the four of you, you're like, oh. yeah, yeah, you're like, you're dancing around twirling in like a sequence suit. And you're like, oh God, it's just a 35 year old man with a camera staring at me. You're going, what is he doing? <laughs> Oh, do you know now where you would be if the pandemic hadn't been like this time of year? Had you got plans already for like 2021? We definitely had a lot of plans for 2020. Yeah, I I don't know where we would have been. I think music is totally unpredictable, but I think 2020 would have been a very good year. We kind of signed a deal over in the UK and um, we had some massive summer shows ready to go. And then we had our own big tours ready to go and uh, yeah they're all kind of taken away I don't know where it would have been in 2021 but I think everything in 2020 would have kind of decided that yeah Um, but who knows but we are where we are now and that's all we can kind of think about and all we can we can do right now you know there's no point in thinking uh, where we would have been or what we would have done you know how important is it? Because um, you mentioned like the UK there and, you know, getting the the deal over there. How important is the UK like for an Irish band in terms of, because we know so many musicians that have to move, that move there. Um, yeah. Is it a case of there's just more opportunities there or what is it about it? Um, honestly, hmm. yes. Well, like if you, if you think so, I suppose just because it's so much bigger, hmm. there's like thousands of producers and writers everything's on a much bigger scale so it's like there's something going on all the time yeah and it's like if you're amongst it you can be doing something all the time and I suppose when you do more things and you're constantly kind of in the race there's always an opportunity that you can kind of win it if you know what I mean um 
and it can just you know there could be times where you just go to a bar to meet friends and you go into the bar and there's like a musician there. he's like oh, I'm just doing a writing session tomorrow and you're like he's like come down write with me and it's like could be a big performer and it's like suddenly you're in the studio writing a song you know um, so London always kind of and the UK always has those or has those opportunities and there is obviously insanely big opportunities in Ireland too uh, and there's an amazing talent of people and producers there's just more of it over here if you know what I mean when did you make the decision to move there? well it's only me that lives there oh it's only you um, yeah everyone everyone else lives in Dublin um, I moved here in god it's crazy 2019 <laughs> I'm like 2020 just didn't happen did it like, yeah you were going to say a couple of months ago and then you're like no I way. know <laughs> I know yeah 2019 um, and it was great it kind of changed a lot for me I love it. I have a lot of majority of my family area too. Um, so it's nice. Is it, what's it like with the boys being back then in Dublin? Like I got, obviously it's very close, like, and you're from Dublin, so it makes it a bit easier, mm-hmm. but in, is it a case of you have to fly over normally pre pandemic? Yeah. Like you'd be over and back quite a lot. No, I didn't actually. Um, cause I just, yeah, I thought, I thought it would be easier. So I went back to Dublin at the start of December and I was kind of there for four months. So I just did everything there. Um, I just didn't, I, I kind of thought it was, I know some people have to do it for work, but I was like, I don't really have to do it. I think it's kind of unfair to try and like fly. But I don't know. It's just disrespectful or something. So I was just like, just pick a base. And um, I went there and I just kind of stayed at my dad for a while, which is nice. Cause you never really get that kind of quality time with them. Um, I stayed at my dad for a while and then I was with the guys. We kind of had our own little bubble because we had to work all the time uh, with like having new music out and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was just kind of there and uh, yeah, it was nice. Very nice. How is your dad now about the fame? Because I remember when I first interviewed you years ago, uh, you were saying that your dad, you just done a, your, I think it was your headline gig in uh, Grand Social and your dad's like, yeah, I don't care. Get in and watch the dishes. So yeah, how is he coping yeah. with it now? <laughs> so different. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, my, I think my dad will always be like that and I love him for that. But there's definitely, uh, there's other parts to it too. You know, like he, he's, I suppose things for him, like, when you're on the late later, you know, mm. if you go over to your local deli and someone's like, oh, I love the new song. You know, like that stuff's exciting for anyone. Um, but yeah, Irish dads, I think will always be Irish dads and it's no matter what's going on. It's that kind of attitude to just get in and do the dishes. But that's great. I think that's what makes us who we are. Yeah. I laugh when you said the late late because I remember Noel Gallagher saying that the reason he does the late late is because his mom says it's the biggest thing in the world for her. So it's the late late show to Irish parents is bigger than if you were on James Corden. (laughs) The late late show is so funny because um, it's one of those things that like I always say, uh, like, you know, we would have done, let's say, Malahide Castle with mm. like Mumford and Sons. I think we did like Crow Park with Westlife and you know, you've sold out like in Olympia. You've done like these tours. I think we played like the Albert Hall and everything with the script and it's like you do the late late show and suddenly you like walk around your area and people are like, Jeez, well you've I always knew you could do it. I always <laughs> knew you could make it. That's like that's it. That was all you had to do all along. I didn't have to do anything else. <laughs> You're like, look, I was on Ellen, but it doesn't matter as long as I get on the Late Late Show. Honestly, if I told my dad I was on the Late Late Show with James Gordon, he'd be like, cool. If I told him I'm on the Late Late with Ryan Tommy, he's like, can I come? And you've made it. (laughs) Oh my God. I do love that about Irish people, that their idea of like excitement around fame. I suppose so, the viewership. It's like, how long does the Late Late Show run for like oh 40 something years now and it's going on it's on like every Friday night yeah like I suppose that and it's always the you know the same audience there's still 600,000 people that watch it every Friday that's nuts you know so like it is such an honour and it is like like if you think of Ireland's population you think it's 600,000 people gym in every Friday to watch it it's a very big deal Mm. but it's funny it's like it's the one moment where I'm like when we did it for the first time I was like 
was like people just changed their perspective changed <laughs> you're like dude I was on stage with Westlife at Crow Park and they're like so yeah, yeah who now, now it's now it's like I always knew you could do it <laughs> and I thought really yeah what is like if if that's your like your dad's kind of big moment what what was yours when you were kind of like holy crap like I'm actually doing this this is something I could have can't believe I'm doing um I think for me it was probably like first time I went over to like LA mm. like riding uh for DCP because it was like I had signed my publishing deal with Universal or whatever um, and I think arriving over to like a different country like LA and going down so like Universal had like given me a studio in like in LA wow. and you've got like your producer is over there and you're right with all these people you're like this is crazy thing. I'm in LA and I'm here working you know it's not like a holiday it's like I'm <laughs> given a studio by Universal in LA or when we went on that we did a European tour with Codeline which was very cool because I think the weirdest part was like some cities I'd never been in my whole entire life and arriving in and the first time you're there is because you're playing a show and I was like that's very cool you know yeah I was like I'm here kind of because of my job um, yeah so I think those two things I think right like a first show of Codeline was like arriving into Paris and being in Paris because you had to play a show I was like this is crazy yeah you know that that is pretty amazing most of us would be excited I've never been if, there yeah most people get excited if their job set like sends them you know out of the office for the day and now it's like yeah. you're like oh I'm going to Paris yeah 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 um, so I think those things are always like the kind of or like the, obviously selling out the Olympias was amazing and like stuff like the main stage of Ledger Picnic when you've got like your family there and stuff and you get a turnout like we got. It was a real special moment. Uh, well, look, EP to me always is where I discover like music. And I think that's what a lot of people are. Like you say, yeah. you're going, what happens to me is every year I say I'm going for the person on the main stage at like midnight. And I usually miss them because I'm in trailer park or you're yeah, in yeah. one of the tents where you discover somebody who you've never heard of. And then the yeah, following year, you're mad about that person and hoping they come yeah, back. Yeah, I know. I love it just wandering around yeah and to get on the main stage is so huge I know yeah, it was unbelievable I always tell the story of like um, I remember I, I hadn't really well I had absolutely thought I was like trying to just remain calm about the fact that we were playing the main stage and I remember we got down there and we like all our kind of all the guys had girlfriends and stuff would come on the bus with us and uh, at the time I didn't have a girlfriend but my brother came with, on the bus with me and one of my best friends like my dad was coming down because we had done like a load of shows all summer and electric was always kind of the last one so I remember like the 1975 were playing that night and the strokes and uh, we went down and it was like this unbelievably sunny day everyone was there and I remember I was chatting to someone, I was like, oh, you know, yeah, it's like we're so exciting. They're like, oh, I know, but you must be so nervous because like that's the kind of slot they give to people to just see if it's working. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, he was like, you know, if you get like a really big turnout at three o'clock on a Saturday, you know it's working. But if you don't, it probably means that it's not really connecting with people. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, my God. I was like, why did you tell me that? I'm like, now I'm like, so all day I was like, can't believe this. This is going to define my career. Like this, oh, uh, no. <laughs> this performance. And I'm like, imagine no one's here and then my dad's here. And then afterwards I'll think that my whole career is not working with this didn't connect with people. Um, but thank God we got a, we got an insanely amazing turnout. And it was great. It was such a great day. Cause we had friends and everything down there. And we all just stayed down there for the night. We went to the 1975, went to the strokes, and then, yeah, we were all uh, all very hungover the next day. <laughs> There's nothing like that, uh, you know, post-EP walk from the campsite to the car and you're like, oh, I want to die. <laughs> I know, I know. We were, <laughs> it's probably the most rock and roll thing that's ever happened. I went to bed, I woke up and I was like, because we had the, our tour bus, was like, I was 
at home. <laughs> I was like, that was, this is the greatest thing ever. Everyone into like super value to get chicken fillet rolls. And, oh, I'm so uh, jealous. We'd always yeah, be like, like the, dying, going, who's the one going into the shop to get the rolls? I know, I know the bus pulling up outside super value so everyone could go in. Rock and roll stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just thinking like when you were mentioning your two kind of faves there with the fact of, um, you know, the songwriting stuff and then the wild youth stuff, like you have basically two jobs in one, essentially writing for yourselves and then writing separately in the hopes of them going to other people. Is it yeah. like, like, obviously I, I don't write songs, so like is it a case of you're writing something and you're like this isn't going to work for us or do you write with people in mind uh yeah it can be a bit of both um sometimes i might like get asked if there's like let's say x artist is like would like you to come down to the studio you know maybe write a song for them and then mm. obviously i'll go down and i'll be like you know what kind of songs do you want to write and so you have to get everything from their perspective um or like I'll kind of keep in mind what their style is and write something based around that. And, uh, or else sometimes it can just be a song that I've just written one. I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't that suited to us. And maybe this could be suited to that person and I could send it to that person or whatever. And they might like it and they might want to use it. Um, Or yeah, it can kind of be anything. Or like my publisher could send me a song and be like, I need this type of song for this type of person. And I'll just write that song for that kind of for that artist like the first time that you were writing a song for another artist because there's not as much pressure when you're writing it for your own band because you know you can just keep changing lyrics and stuff but if you have to send it off to another person were you shitting yourself I would be shitting my pants the first time anyway <laughs> uh, I think I'm actually more nervous sending songs to the band because uh, <laughs> they can be brutal with you is it <laughs> yeah 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 they can be totally honest other people just don't respond they write back and they're like what is this <laughs> Stop singing about your girlfriend. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, but uh, I think at the start, you're like super, super sensitive to anything that you write. Now I'm kind of, my skin's a lot thicker in terms of if someone's like, oh, I don't like it or I don't like it. um there was actually something recently. I had to like a like a trad song for something, which is like I I don't I'd never written a trad song, mm. but um, but I had a song that I was like maybe this could work as a trad song. And I sent it. And he was like their manager was like no. And I was like okay. He's like that's not what I mean. But like a trad song, I need a trad song. I was like okay, cool. But then like the next morning, I just woke up and I wrote like a proper trad song and I sent it to him and he goes, I absolutely love it. I think this could be the single. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, you know, it makes, but like, I, that's, that's the thing. I don't think anyone says no or tries to put it down just for the sake of kind of being a dick. I think it's just like, guess just always remember that people are just being honest, you know? Mm. Um, but that's kind of, it just, it just shows you, it's like, it's, it's a perfect example of how it can happen where someone can be like, no. And then literally the next day it's like, this could potentially be the single. Um, so, yeah. It must be weird though, hearing other people sing your songs because like, obviously you sing as well. And like to hear somebody else go to success or like get into the charts and you're like, dude, that's my song. I know. <laughs> it is weird. It's very weird. But I love it. And I love the fact that sometimes nobody knows you had any involvement with it. I always think that's so cool. Are you not sitting there going when someone's singing it in the car beside you and, you know, you've been involved going, you like that song, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that one, yeah? I wrote that. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's so cool. Sometimes just nobody having a clue. And then you've like two drinks, you're like, that was my song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> And they're like, shut up. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, in it, look, go to song credits on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only talking. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. I actually love it. You see, this is the Irish in you now that you don't want to be bragging about songs that you've written because otherwise all the slagging, the, the, this is where we are. We don't like to be big headed. I know, I know. It's a good way to be too, though. 
Yeah, it, it, no, it definitely is because, you know. It's pros and it's cons, I think. I think you, you probably know yourself in the industry, the people that you meet that have the egos are usually the people that are not the most talented. And that's, yeah, 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 for sure. That's something I've definitely come across. The people who for are sure. actually talented are usually the nicest people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always, because they've nothing to prove because they prove it all through their talent. Yeah, and they don't have to go, I wrote that song, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because like you'll probably find out anyway. That's why you're a nice guy, Connor. Look at you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You've made my Monday. <laughs> made your Monday. Yes, that's the reason for the week. I only have to be nice to one person yeah. a week. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your, your quarantine now, obviously? What's the plans then? Can you, are you writing or are you while you think writing? Or yeah. What's yeah, I'm writing. Uh, I'm writing back writing all this week on zoom and finished a couple of things and there's like one or two things that when i do finish quarantine that i have to do here and then i think we've got uh then we have we've got some new music coming out um pretty soon and then we've got an ep coming out really soon oh. uh, so yeah there'll be a lot of work and everything that kind of comes with that all songs about uh, so, your girlfriend, I assume, yeah? Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should have just named it, her name. Um, <laughs> but actually, I'm trying to think. No, it's, it's actually not, but it's funny because I remember um, when I met her or whatever, and I was like, we had this thing, and I remember I played her Champagne Butterflies. It's like, <laughs> like one of the lyrics here, like you're the most beautiful girl I've seen like, you're the most beautiful girl in my life like and you wrote this before we were together she's like who's that about who's <laughs> that one about I'm like uh, yeah. um, you're like no, no I only fun. added that in when I met you I swear yeah yeah oh no that I totally changed what I had before after we met um, no but I um, it was funny because it was all kind of based around uh well, obviously, like, there's a couple that weren't, but it's all kind of loosely based around the want to feel that feeling. Uh, and I always felt I kind of just kind of absorbed myself and work all the time, so I never allowed for it to really happen. And it was, like, the other guys in the band obviously had it in their lives, and it was something I always kind of wanted. Um, <laughs> so it was, all, it was all this kind of, like, almost these fictional scenarios I created in my head of what I would imagine it would feel like and how amazing it would feel. Mm. and then it's like it's so uh, it's quite funny because I remember I like when me and my girlfriend obviously met and you know like uh, saying different things and I would say things she's like you said that in that song I, do you say this to everyone <laughs> <laughs> I like I this like, girl already only, yeah, yeah I was like if only you knew <laughs> that song was actually like a totally fictional thing in my head that I wanted to like um no, but it is funny. If you gotta be careful. If you were, um, I suppose you were making up these fictional things in your life. How did you kind of make the room for to, for her then? If you were kind of not really in the headspace. Because we no, it was more so that I just didn't have any time. It was yeah. uh, we came into a global pandemic, and I became unemployed and had no job. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so and you're like, yeah, hang I, on. <laughs> yeah, I had all the time in the world. <laughs> Texting my ex-girlfriend from third year. Hey, sorry. What you up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. WB. Um, <laughs> I've loads of time now. Um, no, it was uh, it was totally by chance actually that I met her, but it was a beautiful mistake. Yeah, yeah. How does she take it with the the fan side of stuff? She probably hasn't really seen it yet, has she? The full kind of extent of. You she's on. in she's in a very similar line of work that would dwarf what I have to go through. So um, <laughs> she's she's well used to it. That's good, I suppose, in that sense. So she doesn't have that. Yeah, it's more know. me getting used to hers. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm so intrigued. I'm like, hmm, is she hmm. Kate Middleton? <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's good, I suppose, that she has an idea because if she was sitting at home while you're on tour and you're gone for six months, like minds can go into overdrive. Of course, 
course. And I think that was always, I don't know, it's, um, I think it was such an important thing when we met. It was like, yeah, it was like it just kind of clicked straight away. But I think that was because we both did have a very similar understanding of what the other person did mm. um, and totally got it, uh, which was very cool. Yeah, because you're like, very, very cool. if you're like, I'm going to be in London this week, then I'm going to be in L.A. and I'm going to be in a studio for a week where I can't really look at my phone. Somebody at home is sitting in a normal job is going, what's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? Yeah, she's like, oh, cool. I'm doing 10 times that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, crap. <laughs> You're like, well, okay, now I need to add more things to my already yeah, jam-packed yeah, day. And I'm going to Melbourne too. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, like it seems that you're in a good place though at the moment anyway. Uh, yeah, as good as I can, I think. Um, obviously, yeah, I miss playing shows for sure, but lucky I still get to ride all the time and yeah, which is good. Yeah. But just got to try and stay positive. Everybody is like, right, get up. Positive thinking today. Positive mental attitude day. No, but you have to because doing anything else just doesn't get you anywhere. Like, and I mean that in terms of what we're going through now is so difficult, I think, for everybody that it's like you just have to try and find the positives, even in the small things, Mm. even in the fact that you can like, that the sun is shining today, you know? Yeah. It's like, you just have to think about the small wins, you know? Yeah. And I do think it gave us, this year has given us a chance to reevaluate everything. As you've said, like you've looked at different things in your life and you've, it's opened up your mind to things. And I think that's the same with everybody. Like we all were running way too fast. Yeah. It can never maintain. No. I can't imagine no. going back to like, working as much as we were and gym and meeting people and doing this and this and this all in one day. I know. I said to my brother a while ago, it's like I had to do a couple of things where I actually had to do a couple of things in the day that didn't involve like just waking up and going on the Zoom. <laughs> um, and I was like, I saw, I'm so flustered, like thinking about how I'm going to like map it all out tomorrow. He's like, just, I'm like, no, but I used to be good at it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I was actually speaking to someone about two today, though. It's funny as kind of humans how we just somehow seem to adapt all the time to like even the things that we don't think we'll ever be able to get through. Like, if you, like, I always think of something like, let's say, heartbreak. And if someone is like totally and utterly heartbroken, if you ask that person at the time, do you ever think, do they ever think that they'll feel normal again? I guarantee they would say no. Mm. And then it's like, but they do, they come around and time allows for things and they, they get back. Um, it's the same with like this panic. if someone had said to us that we wouldn't play a show for well over a year and like that you couldn't see your family and you couldn't see like girlfriends and you couldn't see you'd be like I just, there's no way that I could live in that world and like we all do you know it's like and then when it goes I think when it comes back I think we were like we're all so kind of afraid of how it will be when we get back but I think we'll all just kind of adapt and we'll get back into that normality too and we'll like look back in this and won't be able to even believe that it ever happened. Yeah. We'll be telling our kids and they'll be like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. It just made us appreciate what we have. And instead of nearly selling ourselves to every job and every person in our lives, we'll instead choose the important people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, isn't that a lovely message to end our chat on there? We appreciate the lovely yeah. people. <laughs> exactly. Appreciate the little wins that you have in life and everything else, the bonus. Connor, you're a star for giving me so much of your time today. Of I hope course. I hope you um I didn't take up any of your time from your songwriting, but if you feel free to write a song about me, that's totally grand. As long as it's not, she's a thundering bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> it's been absolutely um it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you and I look forward to talking to you again soon yes well listen you good luck with quarantine and the songwriting and I cannot wait to see who these big artists you're writing for but you won't tell anybody about I'll have to just search Spotify <laughs> to find yeah, out yeah yeah exactly <laughs> thank you so much no worries listen good luck and have a great enjoy the rest of the day thank you very much Sloan bye bye bye
Isn't he just the loveliest person? Honestly, he's so nice. We had such crack. He was in quarantine in London at the time. We caught up a few weeks ago and at the time they hadn't announced their 2022 tour. So let me tell you about that. If you are a fan or if you listen to the music and then you're like, geez, I wouldn't mind going to see them. Or if you're just like, I would go see anybody. Well, why not go see Wildewood? They're doing a tour um, around Ireland and the UK. So they're going to kick off in February next year. Cork in Cypress Avenue. They're going to Dolan's in Limerick, Roisin Dove in Galway, the Academy in Dublin. They're going to Limelight 2 in Belfast. They're heading off to Manchester, then Glasgow, Birmingham and London. So there's loads of dates there. Tickets are only $23.90. They're on sale now. And of course, you can get their album their EP Forever Girl go on to wherever you listen to th- wherever you're listening to this when this is finished just you know search and listen I'm going to leave it there because I think you've heard enough of my voice but if you like what you hear please do review if it's on iTunes um, hit follow same on Spotify hit follow um, share put it on your story on Instagram put it on your Twitter Facebook whatever it would really mean a lot to me and I also have just seen that Spotify are going to be launching a new podcast chart which sees an episodes chart so instead of just you know Joe Rogan and all them Blind Boy and Tommy and Hector, you know, us little podcasts would love to get our voices heard. So they're going to be doing this thing where it's the most listened to episodes as opposed to most listened to podcasts. And if you're a fan of Connor, help get Connor up on that chart. Wouldn't that be amazing to see him trending up the charts and, you know, it's for him. It's not for me. Like nobody, nobody cares what I'm bloody pottering on about. And with that, I'm going to jog on off and I will leave you and I'll be back next Saturday. Same time, same place. Come find me. Who will I have? You'll have to wait and see. Slongafold. Good luck. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye.